What is up guys, it is Quinn here back with another video and today I'm going to be going through my week one waiver wire targets. I understand this one's going to be a little bit different, you know, compared to the ones when we get into the season because you've already had your fantasy drafts. There haven't been regular season games that have happened, you know, so the players that are on the waiver wire are just guys that were not drafted in your leagues. So maybe you feel set with your roster. I still think, you know, I'm going to be running through some players. You know, it'll be a good kind of, I guess, test before we head into the season see which guys I like heading into week one, and then we'll see how it kind of shifts up. The way I structure this video, I go through five players at each position. So five running backs, five wide receivers, five quarterbacks, five tight ends, and then five defenses. These are going to be players who are owned in 50% or less of ESPN leagues. Obviously, everyone's leagues are different, different sizes, you know, different levels of competitiveness. So some guys may not be available in certain people's leagues, you know, others, you may have more of these guys available in yours. It's all going to vary, but just going through players that you guys should keep an eye on on your waiver wire. If you guys have any fantasy questions, this could be start sit, trade advice, waiver wire, you know, maybe you haven't drafted yet. Whatever it is, you can drop those down below. I'll get back to every single person. Just do me a favor and leave your uh, league settings. So PPR, half point PPR standard helps me out a lot there. But let's jump into the running back position. And this basically whole section is just going to be handcuffed running backs. So these are all players I think should be owned in probably every 12-team league, maybe even every 10-team league. We've got Daryl Henderson at 40%, Alexander Madison at 46.3%, Rashad White at 12.7%, Mark Ingram at 18.5%, and then Khalil Herbert at 21.9%. These are all players where one injury goes down, these guys jump up to being top 24 fantasy running backs. A guy like Daryl Henderson can turn into an RB1. Madison can turn into an RB1. I think even Rashad White can turn into an RB1. So these are players where they're not going to be giving you production you know, on the bench. They're not going to be players that you can plug into your flex. But in my opinion, I'd much rather have one of these handcuffs who have elite upside with an injury than rostering a wide receiver who's going to be giving you like 9, 10 points per game. I really just feel like the better bet is to have these guys on your bench. You're going to be able to churn them throughout the season. So maybe, you know, you have Mark Ingram, something else happens, you know, an injury happens. Then you go on the waiver wire, you drop Ingram, you pick up the guy you want to get. It's just a nice like rotation to have going on here. But it's also nice where if Dalvin Cook goes down, you already have Alexander Madison on your bench because he's obviously going to be the number one claim. You know, if Cook goes down, he's going to be the guy everyone wants. So you're kind of just getting a head start there. And I would rather have these handcuff running backs than some of these other, you know, RB2s on their teams who aren't really handcuffs, aren't going to really give you upside. And then like these wide receiver fives, wide receiver sixes, who are probably never going to crack into your lineup. I'd rather have handcuffs over those guys. Now, moving over to the wide receiver position, I was pretty surprised with some of these guys, you know, ownership percentages, starting it off with Julio Jones at 40.9%. I understand there's a lot of Julio Jones hate out there. You know, every time I talk about him, a lot of the comments are like, Julio Jones is done, he's dust, he can't stay healthy. It's totally possible. I'm not coming out here and saying, I know Julio Jones is going to play a full season, he's going to be healthy, he's going to be dominant. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that if we keep a little bit of an open mind, and let's just say, hypothetically, Julio has gotten unlucky, I guess, last season. He was unlucky with injuries but he is still very talented. You're putting Julio Jones, even 80% of prime Julio, you're putting that man on an offense with Tom Brady 
where he's going to have the opportunity to play that Antonio Brown role from last year. That's a guy who should be owned in more than 50% of leagues. I honestly think it's crazy he's owned in 41.9%. This is something I maybe thought was just kind of specific to ESPN because he's way buried down their rankings. But even on Yahoo in a few leagues I'm in, you know, he's someone who you can see on the waiver wire. I know like in a 10-team league, he's on the waivers. So this is definitely a thing where he may be available in your leagues. I just think he's worth taking a swing on. Another guy who I think you should take a swing on is Michael Gallup, 39.4% owned. He's someone where you're probably going to be able to slide him onto your IR spot anyway, because I don't think he's going to be ready to go week one, you know, depending on your uh, IR rules. But even, you know, if you can't start him, you're going to sit him on your bench. This is a guy who's going to be the number two for the Cowboys when he comes back. It may take him a little bit to get going, but I really think that's a valuable role for the Cowboys and is definitely someone who should be owned in at least 50% of leagues. Then we've got Devonta Parker. I feel like we're starting to lower off, you know, the quality here. I feel like Julio and Gallup are firmly above these next options. But Devontae Parker's in a crowded, you know, Patriots wide receiver room. We don't really know how it's going to shake out. I saw a quote from Bill Belichick, probably the most like glowing, you know, review of any player I've ever seen. Man was just beaming when he was talking about Devonta Parker. So maybe he's going to be the number one on this team. Either way, you know, whether it's Jacoby Myers or Devontae Parker, one of those guys are going to have some sort of fantasy value. So he's someone to keep an eye on maybe after week one. And then we're getting into some of these younger wide receivers, three rookies. Jamison Williams owned in 23.7% of leagues. Just a guy who you can slot in on your IR spot, wait for him to come back. If you have another injury in your starting lineup, all right, you cut him, no big deal. But he's someone where you can just kind of hold him on your roster without him actually taking up a roster spot. And then Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs owned in 22.4 and 17.8% of leagues. This is just a situation where you want to be buying into the Packers wide receiver room. We don't know who the guy is. Personally, I'm not bought in on Alan Lazard, so I'd much rather take these you know, late round flyers or pick up a Watson or a Dubs instead of spending solid capital on Lazard. So just players to keep an eye on once again. Maybe you're not picking up before the season, but you know if they're on the field a decent amount, solid snap share, solid target share, then maybe these are guys you kind of take a swing on going into week two. Now moving over to the quarterback position, this is a spot where, like I said at the top, I normally talk about five different players. Quarterback position, not looking pretty for players who are owned in 50% or fewer leagues. There were really only two options here where I'm like, these guys could potentially be rosterable. The other guys, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see for them to perform. But the two players, Justin Fields, he's owned in 46.8% of leagues. Nothing going on around him. Trust me, I'm a Bears fan. The Bears have done nothing to support this man, but he still may be able to produce decent fantasy production with his legs or at least be a solid plug-in on a bye week or an injury. The other guy is Jameis Winston, who is owned in 31.9% of leagues. I am pretty in on Winston this year. I didn't think it was going to happen earlier on in the offseason, but you look at his production last year, he was very solid for fantasy. Nothing crazy, but a decent producer. And then you look at what he was dealing with. I mean, the wide receivers were garbage. The offensive line was banged up. You had Kamara, but he was really the only constant. Now you have Michael Thomas back, Chris Olave coming in, Jarvis Landry coming in. This is a totally different offense. I think they're going to be more pass heavy. And I think Winston has a shot to be a fringe QB1 this season. Like, I would not be surprised if he is QB12 in points per game. I think it's totally possible. Now, moving over to the tight end position, similar to the quarterback spot, I really couldn't find, you know, five quality options here. 
So we rolled with four. First guy, David Njoku, owning 44.7%. If there's one player out of like those late round guys going in like that tight end 14 to tight end 20 range, I feel like Njoku probably has the best shot of breaking out, especially when we're looking at his snap shares from the preseason games. This isn't a spot where he's in like a three-person tight end committee anymore. It looks like he is going to be the primary tight end, which could lead to some decent fantasy production. We've got Irv Smith here owning 43.3% of leagues. This is just taking shots on some of these fringe tight end options. Not saying you should go out and snag these guys right now, but just players to look out for heading into, you know, week two. Give yourself a little bit of an edge over your league mates. Another player, Albert O, owned in 17% of leagues. And then Robert Tanyan owned in 14.4. Now moving over to the final position, there are actually some really quality uh, defensive streaming options this week. I'm someone who defense is the last, you know, position I'm going to draft. If there's 15 rounds, my defense is going to be picked in round 15. I will pick kicker in round 14. Defense is coming off the board in round 15. And then every single week, I'm going to look at the waiver wire. I'm going to see what team has projected the most amount of points. Then I'm going to submit my claim. I'm going to drop whatever defense I had the previous week. And I'm going to pick up that new defense. I rarely ever stick with the same defense. And if I do that, it's just because they happen to have, you know, a nice schedule lined up playing multiple week opponents in a row. I do not believe in reaching in like the 11th, 10th round to get the best defense because the best defense can still be a bad option. You know, if they're going up against the top offense, I think you can just play the waiver wire, pick up the best option each week or one of the best options, and you're going to get similar, if not better production than just drafting the best defense and wasting a draft pick. So I'm always, you know, going to be spending a decent amount of time finding these streaming defenses. And here are going to be the five. So the first one is the Titans. They're only owned in 14.1% of leagues, but they're going up against the Giants. The Giants, I have some hope for them as an offense. You know, I like Saquon. I'd like to believe that Kadarius Tony is going to be good. But there's also just something about the Giants where this could just really be a disaster. Titans aren't a terrible defensive unit, so I think they're a solid stream. Another solid stream is the Broncos, owned in 20.6% of leagues. They're going up against the Seahawks. I have very little faith in the Seahawks offense led by Geno Smith. So I think the Broncos are solid. We've got the Bengals, owned in 32.1% of leagues. They're going up against the Steelers. Steelers' offense is not exactly explosive. I think they just named Mitch Trubisky as the starter, so just don't know what the ceiling is on that Steelers' offense. Bengals' defense is all right, so I think they're a decent option. Then we have the Eagles, owned in 22.7% of leagues. They're going up against the Lions. As you can see, there's kind of a trend here. I don't necessarily even really care how insane the defense is I'm picking up. It's more about like the defense, you know, ability ratio compared to the team they're playing. A lot of these teams are just, you know, decent defenses who are going to be playing garbage opponents or at least garbage offenses. That's where the commanders come in, owned in 44.9% of leagues facing off against the Jaguars. So those are some of my week one, you know, waiver wire targets. I know it's different because we haven't seen games yet. You may be pretty set with your lineup, but even if you are set, you're not picking these guys up. I think it is important to just, you know, have an idea of these players, you know, maybe check in on them uh, after week one. I'll be putting out this video every single week. I believe it comes out on Monday. So, you know, keep coming back. I'm going to be posting these every single week. If you guys stayed all the way till the end, thank you. If you did enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and I will see you guys in the next one.